We're just going to pray before we have our message today. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you so much that we can gather as your people. And uh, Father, you want to teach us many things, and your desire, your heart, is that we would keep learning and growing in our faith and keep understanding um, who you want us to be, how you want us to live. Um, You want to teach us your heart and, and what you have for your people, what you have for us. And so, Father, I pray that this morning that would, um, this would be part of that journey, Lord, that we would grow together and seek to love you more and love each other in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're in week two of our prayer course series, and I just wanted to draw your attention to a couple of other books by Pete Gregg. Um, some of you would have done the prayer course before COVID, so... Um, last week Michelle said it was more of a just a refresher really to get us thinking about the different forms of prayer Um, because if I'm honest you know I'm not the perfect prayer and there's always so much to learn Um, and in Pete Gregg's books he talks about how he's learned so much from all denominations um, all different um, strands of of church Anglicanism uh, Catholicism um, Pentecostalism Pentecostals, Charismatics, he's learned so much about prayer, he says, through all, all of the church, different traditions, and, and how much he appreciates that. But there's two more books. Uh, there's one called Red Moon Rising, um, and that's the story of the 24-7 prayer movement, which Pete Gregg heads up, um, which is in, you know, countries all around the world, and um, a book called um, Dirty Glory, um, with a forward by Bear Grylls. Um, go where your best prayers take you. And um, there's two more books. And the one that I've been recommending a lot um, is his most recent book, came out a few months ago, How to Hear God. That is the most um, pressing need of our day. How do we hear God? How do we hear him speak? How do we hear him speak? So there's a few more books um, to recommend. So our theme for this morning is the prayer of adoration and on 24th of July, on, on Sunday, at one of our last, last services at the school, it was a, a testimony and praise um, service. And um, oh, to be honest, I was looking forward to my holiday um, because I knew that after that service, it would be a holiday with Steph's parents being here. And um, as I drew the service to a close, I was like, right, holiday, I can start. But then the most amazing thing happened, and that is that Bron started spontaneously singing, O come, let us adore him. O come, let us adore him. O come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. And it was the most beautiful thing, because it's not a case of me embarrassing Bron right now. It's a case of saying how that experience in the church really encouraged me and really was a blessing to me. That here we were as, as brothers and sisters, God's, God's family, God's children. And what was amazing that as Bron started off, as people got over the perhaps shock, it, everyone joined in. Oh, come, let us adore him. And then we went verse by verse through that song. And it was the most beautiful thing. One of the most beautiful things I've ever um, been part of, actually. And um, that is our theme this morning about adoring God, adoring God. And C.S. Lewis said this um, quote, 
on the screen, um, it should pop up. C.S. Lewis was a, a famous Oxford professor um, who wrote the Narnia Chronicles um, and had a conversion uh, to Christianity. And he says, um, he says this, in commanding us to glorify him, God is inviting us to enjoy him, to enjoy him. And what I really love about that is that um, C.S. Lewis was a theologian, an, uh, an academic, an intellectual, um, and yet he says that God is inviting us to enjoy him. It's almost like the, the emotional aspect of prayer, this idea of prayer and, and relationship with God more, being more than intellect, but being heart as well, our hearts connecting with God. And another quote, which is not on the screen, is by St. Augustine. And there's a church named after him in town, isn't there? St. Augustine's church. And St. Augustine says, God thirsts to be thirsted after. God thirsts to be thirsted after. And what he's saying is that God's longing of his heart is that his people would thirst for him, would be passionate for him, would thirst after God. And it's David, the shepherd boy, David who says, my soul thirsts for God, the living God. And so it's this, this call, this challenge almost, to, to thirst for God, to, to press into God, to pursue God, to go deeper in our relationships with God, to grow in our relationships with God, to connect with God's heart through prayer. And, and this is one of the things that Pete Gregg talks about in his adoration. And what is adoration? Pete Gregg explains that it's lifting up the heart in worship to God. Lifting up the heart in worship to God. Thanking God not just for what he's done, but for who he is. Not just what God has done through Jesus, but for who he is. Who he is. That's what adoration is. It takes the focus off ourselves and our needs and our concerns, and it, it fixes our eyes and our hearts on God, on who God is on God's character and his, his nature. It's lifting the eyes off ourselves and, and placing them onto God. And Pete Gregg uses this, these two pictures. He says, he talks about the microscope and the telescope in his video reflection on adoration. He says, so often our prayers can be on the microscope level where we focus on our own needs and they're very micro and they're small and we, we, we come to God with our lists and our, our needs and our, and our wants and there's nothing wrong with that. But it, it means that we focus just on ourselves and our, and our things that are going on and it doesn't lift our heads, lift our eyes to what and who God is. And that's where the telescope is. It, it gives us a, a bigger picture out there. Microscope is down here and telescope is out there. And so what he, Pete Gregg talks about is that 
We need to make sure that we're praying telescope prayers. We're praying, God, thank you, God. We praise you, God. We worship you, God. We love you, God. We thank you. Adoration. Adoration. And we see this in the Psalms with King David. And if you remember, David was a shepherd's boy. And he used to look after the sheep and sit on those hills. And so many of his psalms were written from this place of God. How great you are. Look at the the moon and the stars and all you've created. And yet you are mindful of me. You are mindful of me. God, the awesome creator who's done all of this. You are mindful of me. That God would take an interest in me and that he would look at me and Love me, that this God of this whole universe loves me. And as we read the rest of David's life, he got many things wrong, but he was constantly referred to as a man after God's own heart. As a man after God's own heart. And that is because he learned to adore God, to, to praise God, to worship God through the, the pain and the, and the sorrow and the rejection when everyone else had walked away from him and he came to God with his pain and yet he said, God, you're still my refuge. And so he learned to understand God's heart, to press in to God's heart. Adoration. If I'm honest, a lot of my prayers are focused on the microscope. God, this is what I need. This is what um, I'm praying to you for. This is what's going on. And yet, Pete Gregg says the same, actually. He says, that's my prayers often too, but we need to remember who who God is, this awesome, powerful, mighty, holy God. And so we need to lift our eyes and lift our minds to who God is. And as a result, we will become more intimate with God and our relationship with God will grow and our love for God will grow and our, our joy will become more apparent. And we will start to thrive and enjoy God and enjoy his presence. And when I think about these words, like enjoying God, when I first read them, it almost sounds a bit strange to say that, doesn't it? To enjoy God. And one of the questions that Pete Gregg says is, "Do do we enjoy God? Do we enjoy God? And that's one of the questions that he asks on the video. Do we enjoy God? I wonder, do you enjoy God? And in a minute, we'll be thinking about how we can enjoy God. How can we enjoy God? Pete Gregg reflects on a passage in Acts, and that's going to be our passage just this morning, a few verses in Acts chapter 4, which will come up on the screen behind me. I'm actually just going to read it off the screen. It makes it a bit easier. And what's happening is that the apostles, they're under persecution. They'd, they'd preached Jesus, and the uh, city officials had said, no, please stop. We don't want to hear about Jesus. We don't want you preaching. And these apostles, they go back to the others and say, this is what's going on, guys. This is the, the persecution. This is the trouble that we're facing. This is the trouble that we're in. And 
Pete Gregg makes the point, first of all, is that what they didn't do is that they didn't form a committee or have a meeting about, oh no, what must we do? Pete Gregg points out that the first thing that they do, they lift their voices together in prayer to God. And I wonder if we think about that when we read those lines, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer. I've been in a few prayer meetings when people start praying at once. Everyone starts praying at once. And when you first experience it, it's a bit like, what, what on earth is happening? But it's, it, it's very powerful because it's like you get all the volume of prayer all at once. Everyone crying out to God. Everyone lifting their voices. Everyone at the same time. And when you first experience it, it's very confusing. But then you just get the sense of there's this passion rising up. There's this, there's this hunger rising up. There's this desire rising up in God's people to pray and intercede. And this is what was happening with God's people. They lifted their voices together in prayer to God. And what they don't do, first of all, is that they don't say, God, this is what we're going through, sort it out. That's not their first that's not their first response to the problem. Their first response is, this is who you are, God. This is what you've done, God. This is, you are awesome. You are creator. You've spoken. You've done this. This is who you are. You're great. You're awesome. You're holy. You're mighty. That is their first response. It's basically a prayer of just saying, God, this is who you are. They're praying a telescope, a telescope prayer. They're saying, this is who you are. This is who you are, God. This is what's going on. The nations, the kings, everyone gathering to, to come against the Messiah, to come against your son. All of this came against your son. I'm going to go on to the next slide, Steve. And then they said, this is what's happened, God. You know all this. And so they said, God, this is who you are. We praise you. God, you know what's happened. And then they say, God, Hear their threats and give us your, your servants great boldness in preaching your word. So, so often, I mean, I think of myself, I'll start with my problem. And I'll start with my problem before I start with praise. Praising God first before, and often I'll bring the problem and do it the other way around. But here, God's people, they, they lifted their hands and said that prayer is the only answer. God is the only one who's going to sort this out. So we're going to lift our voices, lift our hearts and our, our prayers to God to thank him, first of all, for who he is. But they pray for boldness in preaching the word. And then they ask God to stretch out his hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. So they ask for boldness in preaching the word. And then they ask God to stretch out his hand and heal people. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And one of the things that I'm challenged by is how often we get, I get my prayers the wrong way around. And what these disciples were praying for, they were praying for boldness. But because they knew who God was, they knew God was all-powerful, 
completely able, completely um, full of might and authority, that God was able to stretch out his hand and do miracles and do healings. And we live, it, we, live in a, we live in a tension between God's kingdom coming and God's kingdom not yet come. And that means that while we see healings and miracles still, we don't always. And so we live with this tension. And we know that one day when God's kingdom is fully realized and when Jesus comes back, that's when it will be all sorted out. So yes, we live in this tension with the mystery of faith. And the apostles and disciples knew that because they were facing persecution and hardships. But they still prayed, stretch out your hand, God. Give us the boldness and the courage. But also stretch out your hand and do the miracles. Do the signs. Do the wonders. But through the name of your son, your holy servant, Jesus Christ. And so that's what they prayed for. Their hearts and their minds were focused on who God was, who he is, and they, and they worshipped him before they brought their problems to him. And Pete Gregg says that actually when we worship first, it puts everything else in perspective. Everything else in perspective. And what's really amazing is that when you read the stories of persecuted Christians, they're so full of joy. Still they're so full of joy. They're so, so full of passion for Jesus. They're so full of joy for Jesus, even though they're, they're getting martyred and they're, they're getting killed and, and they're facing all sorts of hardships. They're st still full of joy and love for Jesus. And that's because they worship Jesus, worship God. And their lives are such a challenge because here in the West, we don't have a level of persecution that our persecuted brothers and sisters have. And so we don't perhaps understand the, the depths of what it means to truly cry out and pray and intercede and long for God to, to break into situations. And I think that's what God longs for his church to do. Longs for his church to do. Before we, I show you the practical steps. How, this is, these are Pete Gregg's practical steps. How can we grow in adoration? I remember... Um, reading an, an interview this week with the new vicar of Holy Trinity Brompton Church in London. Um, Nicky Gumbel retired from that church about a, a, few, months, a few weeks ago now. And um, Archie Coates is the new vicar um, of Holy Trinity Brompton, and he's taken on a congregation of 3,000. Um, and this interviewer asks him, you know, what's your vision for the church? And he says, you know, I've, I've got a lot of, you know, come back to me in, a, in a six months, you know, and, and I'll, I'll perhaps have more of, more of a more of an um, answer to your question, but Archie Coates said, look, I can't do anything in my own strength. The only way that God is going to work through me is if I pray and I, and I fast. If I pray and fast, that's the only way that God is going to do anything. And I find that really powerful because often we think about our own ideas and strategies and all sorts of different ways of reaching, connecting people, and all them things are not necessarily bad. But Archie says, look, uh, before I have any ideas, I'm going to pray and fast. I'm going to pray and I'm going to fast. And I found that really challenging because we want the ideas and the strategies without putting the 
prayer and the fasting front and center of everything that we want to do as God's people. And that's something, prayer and fasting is something that Pete Gregg talks about. There's loads of resources on his website where he talks about that. So what does it mean and, and how can we grow in ador- adoration of God? And so Pete Gregg offers up these four, these four um, steps and it's the acrostic pray. And the first one is basically to pause, to pause, just stopping and taking time to just wait on God. Just be, be quiet and be still. Focus your mind and heart. And then he says, rejoice. Rejoice. Thank God. Thank God for who he is. Thank God for who he is, what he's done for you, what you have. When I think about the cost of living, and I think, Lord, I'm thankful for my home. I'm thankful that I've got food. I thank you, God, that I've got a bed. I thank you, Lord, that I have all I need and more because the struggles are real. And it's about giving thanks, about giving thanks to God for what he's done and who he is. And, and I say to God, I'm, try, I'm trying to get better at this and I'm trying to say, God, remind myself of what God has done for me in my life and going back over the years and saying, God, thank you because it's your grace that means I can stand before you. So rejoicing comes before the A, which is the asking. And like I said, often I get this wrong way around and put ask first, but rejoicing and then asking. And this is where we say, Lord, this is where we need you to break in, to intervene, to to come and to, to change situations, to touch people's lives, to minister to people. Um, so we do, the, we do the ask. And then the last one is, is the why, is the, is the yield, is when we say, Lord, your will be done. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so yield basically means we surrender, Lord. We surrender to your plans for our own personal lives, for the church as a corporate body, we surrender our lives and lay them before you as an act of worship. And we invite the Holy Spirit to come and, and, and speak and ask the Holy Spirit to, to speak to us, to change us, to, to move us and have that compassion, to have the compassion and, and the boldness and the courage to believe that God can use us to bring about a change in in people's circumstances and situations. So it's the pause. And this is all from his the resources that he has. And so I'd encourage you to look at his website, prayercourse.org. Pause, rejoice, ask, and yield. Yield. And I think all of this is a, a deep challenge for us because um, what Pete Gregg says is that we, we live in a world where we are so busy, we get, we get so stressed and we're so consumed and we're so full of stuff in the, Western, in the Western world. We're so full of entertainment and all of these distractions and all of these things that are pressing in for our time, pressing in. And so this is a discipline. And often we think of a discipline as like 
a negative word. But if you want to get to know God's heart and get to know God more, then we have to be disciplined. And we have to be willing to order our priorities in such a way where we say, all right, God, um, I need time with you. I need time with you. And, and we have to. We all, if you're an extrovert and you're a practical doer like me, it's, in, it's hard work. And it's about, we have to say, God, you know, I, I need to, you to help me, teach me. And it's about starting small. And um, Richard Foster, who quoted um, St. Augustine in this book on prayer, Finding the Heart's True Home, he says, look, just start small. Just start small because it's a journey. It's a journey. Um, and it's about discovering God's heart, understanding God's heart for yourself, for the people that God loves. So there we are. That's pause, rejoice, ask, and yield. But yeah, so I hope um, this series is helpful. Um, you know what? It's a journey. It, it's all about growing. Um, I want to I wanna learn as much as I can. I want to grow as much as I can. I've never come across all of these different types of prayer before three years ago. I didn't know. I never heard of them. Um, and so it was all, all new to me. Um, but I want to see people um, come to Jesus, discover Jesus, and uh, be transformed by Jesus. So anything that helps, um, I would say, is worth it. Um, so adoration, it's that P, isn't it? Pause, and then rejoice, and then ask, and then yield. And I'll point you to his website. You can download all free resources. There's loads of stuff on there about fasting, about all the things that we're covering. Uh, it's all free. Um, prayercourse.org so there we go, I'll stop there, I'll pray and um, we'll have a moment of quiet actually as well um, because um, God, God loves us um, that St. Augustine quote is quite powerful that God firsts um, to be thirsted after you know that is God's longing of his heart, that he, he longs for his people to thirst after him to, to pursue him, uh, to become hungry uh, for him. And that is my heart's desire for all of us, to thirst after God and to discover what that looks like and to get practical. So I'm going to pray and then we'll have a moment of quiet. Um, and like Irene said at the beginning, if you'd like to be prayed for, if you'd like to be prayed for, we want to be a church that loves and prays for each other. Um, Irene and myself and perhaps others would be over there, but if you'd like to be prayed for, then um, we'll pray for you at the end. But why don't I pray right now? We'll have a moment of quiet and then Shannon will uh, lead us. Yeah, Father, we just uh, thank you so much um, for your word. We thank you, God, um, that your love for us is deeper um, than we could ever imagine. Um, and your plans for our lives and for your church is greater than we could ever ever fathom. And Lord, I pray that we would be a people that thirst after you, um, to enjoy you, Lord, to hunger after you. And Lord, these might be new things that we're learning, new terms and new wordings that we're not familiar with, perhaps. Um, but your heart is always for us to know you more, um, whatever that means for each of us. 
So, Father, we just, we just welcome your Holy Spirit now into the quiet. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would uh, do what you want to do.